When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 6.30 Chad. Is dropped. Oilers come up with it. Edmonton 2, Los Angeles 1. And one of the most storied franchises in the history of the National Hockey League has reclaimed its birthright by stamping its ticket to the playoffs while sending the two-time champions a proud club in their own right, likely home for the summer. Edmonton 2, Los Angeles 1. That's your final. The Stanley Cup playoffs are real in Edmonton once again. That's right, oil country. We're talking about playoffs. Playoffs? That's right. Playoffs. The Oilers are in. Take a deep breath and smile while you're at it as well. The Oilers tonight holding off one of their old foes, the Los Angeles Kings, to win the game 2-1 and earn a ticket to the postseason for the first time since 2006. Thank you so much for joining us. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We're in Rogers Place in Ice District in downtown Edmonton. First year in this building, and it will be remembered. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Well, Rob... A tense one, a very game Los Angeles Kings team. But you gotta you gotta love the way the Oilers closed out that third period. 14 shots on goal, and they initiated most of the action in the final 20 minutes. And it's something that we've seen more and more of from the Oilers this year. In past games, we talked Bob and I about the fact that the Oilers hope to win hockey games, and now they're not. They're going out there and trying to win hockey games. They're playing to win, and it's a huge difference in philosophy the way the team plays. It's a huge uh, difference in the confidence that this team has and they beat an LA team that has been very very good for a number of years that has dominated the Oilers for a number of years they beat them at their own game the LA Kings were the ones that always won two on hockey games against two others the Oilers tonight came out and played a very good game they got strong goaltending their power play though didn't click produced a ton of chances you got to feel confident going forward that the power play is going to keep going and they withstood the surge at the end of the game so this was a, a fun night to be an Oiler fan, and I'm sure it's a fun night to be an Oiler player knowing that they're going to have continued hockey after their final regular season game this year. Well, and I, Rob, I think you brought up a very big picture adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Like you said, being able to beat the Kings at their own games, at their own game, being able to be calm in the third period. I, I mean, you didn't sense any... Oh, are, are, are we good enough to do this? Oh, I don't know. Or, you know, you didn't have Cam Talbot. I mean, huge in the final minute for Cam Talbot. You had David DeHarnay, key 
pickup at the uh, at the deadline for the, the Edmonton Oilers. Might have been the Oilers' best player in the third period. All around the Kings net could have had a couple of goals. So all of a, you saw the goaltending, you saw the defense, you saw the veterans come through. Well, yeah, I mean, the one team that the Oilers have talked about for years want to emulate the Chicago Blackhawks. And what we've seen with the Blackhawks for a number of years is they're capable of winning any kind of game. You'll see them blow someone out. You'll see them win 7-3, 7-4, 7-5. Then you'll see them playoff time. They can win a one nothing hockey game. And if you want to be a successful team, you've got to be able to adapt to what the game gives you. And the Oilers have done that this year better than any year in the last decade. Uh, to me, and, and when I was talking with Bob after the game, the biggest thing for me, the difference between this Oilers team, the ones we've seen for a number of years, is just defensively, they're so much more responsible than they have been in the past. And it's, it's being in the right place. It's making the right decision. It's not cheating, hoping that the puck's going to hop over a stick so that you can get a two-on-one. Sometimes it's giving up a little offense, but you're doing it for the right reasons because you're not giving anything up against. So the Oilers uh, are, are deservedly going to the playoffs. But what I liked uh, about the end of this game with the players, the emotion was there, but it wasn't you know, a champagne-type emotion on the ice. It's like, all right, all right, let's scratch that off. Goal number one is now set. We've got that. Now let's go win ourselves a division. And... This team has had a quiet confidence about them all season long. When things started to slide in November, don't worry about it. We're going to be okay. When things went a little sideways right around the All-Star break, you know what? Things uh, up and down season, we'll get back to where we want to be. And as we've seen over the last little while, they are where they want to be. Oilers win it 2-1. They are going to the playoffs. Their record, 42-25-9. We're happy to talk to you tonight, 780-496-0063, and we'll start off the phone calls this evening with Tony. Hi, Tony. Welcome to the show. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. So I have a question, and this is honestly nothing to do with the Like, nothing bad about the Oilers. I'm so happy they're in the playoffs finally. Ten years. Been too long. Um, the rest thing, in my opinion, was way worse than I thought it was going to be tonight. There are so many calls that I saw that I was looking at myself and saying, why wasn't that called? Why wasn't that called? Is it because maybe the fact that it was an intense game and there was a rivalry, or no? Honestly, I, I didn't see that. I thought the refing was fine. I thought this is a, a ref game that you would see in the playoffs, not as much as called. I think the one thing, I still don't understand the, the non-goal by Cassie, and I don't get that one. But other than that, I thought this is the way that it's going to be going forward. Uh, the important games, the refs don't want to be the focus of the game. Uh, and for the Oilers, they got to be able to play through things when they have to, not let a referee um, get them off their games because there's going to be inconsistency in the playoffs. There's going to be times where the whistles are put away. Uh, to me, this game, for the first time, well, obviously in a long, long time, it had a playoff atmosphere. I think both teams played within that. And I think the crowd felt that. Oilers win it 2-1, knocking off the Los Angeles Kings. McDavid and Griba scoring for Edmonton. Jerome Aginla having the reply for Los Angeles. That came late in the first period. The Oilers going 0-3 on the power play. The Kings were 0-1. We also have Cam on the phone lines. Cam, you've been calling us after almost every game this season, so I was hoping we'd hear from you tonight. Go ahead, buddy. Hey guys, I just wanted to, I took a few notes down. This is a big moment because there was a lot of lost hope eh, as a fan So um, over the years. But I just took a few notes down. I'll just give it to you in brief shots. But I remember the Montreal series back in 80-81. Couldn't believe it that I was cheering for a team that 
that could actually beat the Montreal Canadiens. I remember driving from Saskatchewan. I remember the story of the Isles and the ice packs where the team came to life and realized that's what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. The story of Gretzky seeing that and the evolution from that. The Steve Smith goal, the uh, FU to L.A. in 1990 by winning it without the great one. The great Dallas series through the 90s, Marchant burning Ledyard, Pronger leaving and everything going thump. Oh yeah, we are the lesser thans. And then the 10 years of deciding who's in or who's out in the fan base. And I give the fans credit for throwing those jerseys on the ice and bringing uh, Mr. Cates to action and hiring these guys, Shirelli and, and McClellan, and, and bringing McDavid in. Because don't kid yourself, without the right foundation and coaching, McDavid would have been just like the other number ones that came in and and didn't pan out. So it's playoffs. I really never believed this would happen again. I got one last thing to say before I get off the phone. Wow. Thanks, guys. Kim, we appreciate it. 780-496-0063. And I I also think um, you don't want to underestimate underestimate the impact of Bob Nicholson Mm -hmm. in this uh, process as well because I think he... uh, Certainly uh, gave it more than a nudge in a different direction than it was going as well. But the Oilers are in the playoffs for the first time since 2006. Two goals tonight for the Oilers. That means a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. That's courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. You can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. All right, we'll bring in another caller here before we go downstairs to head coach Todd McClellan, and we're going to welcome Hazen to the show. Hi, Hazen. How are you? Hey, guys, how's it going? Doing great. Oh, I'm just a happy Oilers fan, I'm sure, as the other 18,000 Oilers fans that were in attendance, plus the mass of Oilers fans here in oil country. But uh, I've got something to say and point out. You guys said it earlier in the show here. The Oilers have a quiet confidence about themselves, you know. We've made a, we've checked off one check mark on the book there of making the playoffs. Next is a division title, hopefully. You know what, boys, how about we take it all? First round, second round, third round, Stanley Cup, you know. these Can these Oilers contend? Well, I, I think they can contend. Um, I, th- I I don't know if there is a team in the league that is head and shoulders above everybody else. I think there's a number of teams that, given uh, some breaks, they can certainly move past each and every round. Uh, I think there's certain uh, matchups that are better for the Oilers than others. But uh, going into the playoffs, and I've said it before, the, the, the things to win hockey games in the playoffs is good specialty teams and good goaltending. The old, the Oilers have had consistently good goaltending all season long. Their power play is as good as any in the National Hockey League. If their penalty killing can get to where it needs to be, then yeah, then they I think they're a team that scares other teams simply because they've got good goaltending and they got Connor McDavid. Oilers win it 2-1 over the Los Angeles Kings. All right, if you're on hold, we are going to get to you right away but let's go downstairs for gcl diesel serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices here's oilers head coach todd mcclellan yeah we're you know we're extremely excited and happy for that group in there but there's a couple that have been here through a lot of pain and uh, couldn't be more excited for the opportunity that lies ahead of them and and maybe even more importantly how about our fans they've been uh, they've been there for 10 years the rink's been sold out They've gone through a lot of pain, and uh, they stuck with us. I'm not sure that happens in 
in any other city in the National League, uh, but it happens here in Edmonton, so it's about time we, we rewarded them. You, it's almost maybe a little bit of a running joke with Zach Casson and disallowed goals. Isn't it something? Um, you know, by the time he's all said and done, they're going to have to have another column of disallowed goals and goals, and I think he'll have a, a higher total on the other side. But um, even if he's not scoring, he's a big part of our team. Um, he provides us energy. He's become a real good penalty killer. Uh, he does a lot of good things on the bench. You don't necessarily see him or cheer for him in those situations, but uh, he's an important guy to our, our chemistry. back we've gone through phases as a team and, and you know the first thing was coming in and trying to establish boundaries and, and um, a work ethic um, the second thing we tried to do was work on the, the mental part of the team staying in games longer not folding your hand uh, then we tried to uh, to reduce the gap between goals for and goals against and while we're doing all of that we're, we're changing things with our with our team Peter and his staff have done a tremendous job and and uh, retooling the team quite quickly. And, uh, you know, now this year we've learned lessons as we've gone and we've applied uh, uh, different principles. But, you know, for the most part, our group has stuck with it and uh, they believe in each other. Now we've accomplished another task and that was getting back into the playoffs. Um, believe it or not, 10 years later, that was probably the easy job. The task gets tougher now. Uh, but I like the fact that our team has been under stress at this time of the year. I think it's been really important for our organization. And when I mean stress, we're playing big games. We're playing uh, situations where you have to block shots and win face-offs and scramble like we did in the last few minutes. Uh, we're learning how to play in those situations. So anything that we do from this, this point forward is a, a brand new experience for us. Todd, some of these guys will be going to the playoffs for the first time. And in your experience seeing players go through this maybe an opportunity for guys to define themselves you know from a playoff standpoint as playoff performers something they haven't had a chance to do yeah the, the season starts over and i think one thing that's really important right now is that we maintain a level of play that we have as we head into the playoffs and that goes for everybody but once we get there there's there's the unsung hero. There's the guy that nobody ever talks about, Chris Contos, if anybody ever remembers those names. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, somebody's scoring seven, eight, ten goals that, that haven't even scored that many during the year. And you make a name for yourself in the playoffs. And we're so inexperienced in that situation, we could have a team full of those guys. But as we proceed forward, we'll continue to evaluate as a team, as an organization. We'll make decisions moving forward on, on what we see and how guys behave. Todd, would tonight be what you've talked about all year, the value of checking? Would that be tonight's game as an exemplary example of that? Yeah, checking to win is, is important. I'm not sure that we've always done that here. Um, you know, we tried to outscore teams, but you can win games against good teams like L.A. checking and playing a tight 2-1. I thought for the first half of the game we got outchanged tonight. I thought in the third period we outchanged them. They, we had playoff changes. We talked about that a little bit. Let's... Let's have playoff changes. Let's commit to cutting 10 seconds off a shift and letting the next group go out and do it. And let's trust that next group to do it. And, um, you know, so that's checking to win. 
Todd, three, three weeks ago or so, there was some unsettled in your team's game, uh, some inconsistencies, and there was some angst about town. What's gone right since then to get this turn seven out of eight wins now? I don't think the angst ever got into our locker room, I can tell you that. Um, you know, there, there's some structure, there's an expected work ethic from, from the group, and when we don't get that, we don't win. And it's pretty simple. Uh, so we just keep reminding the guys, we show them situations where they're doing things right and things maybe not so good, and they respond. So we're at a good spot right now, we've got to continue to grow that. Todd, sorry if you were asked about this earlier, but the fans, I mean, they're standing out there, they're excited, they were excited. How often did it come up within the group about the fans and, and maybe the, the weight that they had and how much of a motivator was, was some of that? Well, I can tell you on the, you know, just after the game, after we win, I usually go around and shake the guys' hands and I could hear them talking about the fans and their impact on the game, the energy they had. And um, I don't know if it was Zach Cassian said, that's the loudest I've ever heard this building and the loudest he's heard the building since he's been part of the Oilers organization. And I remember back in, um, I think it was 05, when we were here with Detroit, how loud Rexall was. And just have to remind him that it's going to get a lot louder if we keep doing our part. How long do you let your team focus on tonight, and how long do you start uh, looking forward to the next game against San Jose on Thursday? Uh, tomorrow morning, wake up and right back at it. Um, we'll park... We'll park this one. We'll enjoy it tonight. We'll park it. We'll have a good practice. And the next task is to try and move up in the standings, try and somehow secure a, a home ice position if we can, uh, but even more importantly, maintain the level of play we have and, and perhaps improve it. Well, there's the focus we've seen all season from Todd McClellan, his coaching staff, and uh, right down to every player on the franchise. You deal with whatever happened in the game tonight and uh, tomorrow's another day of work. The Oilers do get a very important victory, though, 2-1 over the Los Angeles Kings. They're trying to finish as high as they can in the division. It looks like that they could move ahead of San Jose by night's end as the Rangers have just tied it 3-3. The Oilers are ahead of San Jose right now, but stay ahead of uh, San Jose if the Sharks don't get the two points there. Anaheim looking good for a victory this evening. Uh, they've, well, they've been controlling that one from the opening faceoff. They scored 23 seconds in. They lead Vancouver 4-1 late in the third as we check the advantage trailer rental scoreboard. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Rangers and Sharks because uh, New York's been coming on here. Yeah, it, well, actually, it's funny. San Jose is all over them. Every time New York comes down, they get one shot and score the goal. So San Jose Sharks, a very good hockey club with, club with maybe a little bit of a confidence problem right now because games that they are playing well in, they're not getting the results, and eventually that wears on you. All right, 780-496-0063 is how you can get us. We'll go back to the phone lines and bring Robert into the show. Robert, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Well, you know well, you know what? I say uh, it's about time. Ten years, we're finally back in the playoffs. But that being said, I want to comment tonight on on the, the game, and I think the uh, think the boys stayed focused pretty much for the entire 60 minutes. Yeah, no, it, it was it was a good game. I think the LA Kings had some pushes, which you would expect. Their uh, playoff lives are on the line tonight. Uh, I think the Oilers withstood and, and handled those pushes well, and they were able to come back and push back. And then when the game was really hanging in the third period, I thought the Oilers got better. 
So yeah, it was it was a good effort by the Oilers and uh, a big win for the team and, and the franchise. Yeah, I mean it's not a game where you you look at it and say you know the the, the Kings rolled over. I mean we've seen a couple non-playoff teams yep. roll over against the Oilers in the last uh, two or three weeks. I thought it was a well goaltended game. Cam Talbot the first star, Jonathan Quick the, the the second star. I mean a couple funny ones obviously got by quick tonight. Talbot made several important saves. Uh, by the way, Ryan Nugent Hopkins the third star of the game, and we're going to pick the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Well, to me, one of the, the big reasons that the, the Oilers uh, were able to change their fortunes was uh, the way they play in their own zone, and one of the big pickups in the offseason was, was Adam Larson. I thought Adam Larson had an excellent game tonight. Six hits, and that's the thing that I don't know if I knew about Adam Larson before he came here was the physicality of his game. But most nights he leads this team in hits, and I thought he was very good tonight. So my fourth star is Adam Larson. Eric Griba, two goals on the season, both game winners against the Los Angeles Kings. He got the game winner back on December 29th. The Kings are coached by Daryl Sutter. His comments for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Well, we got a break early in the third. The whistle went. Yeah. So we hoping there's a little bit of hockey luck there. Yeah. Couldn't score. It's something that's happened a lot this season. Pardon? Something that's happened yeah. a lot this season. Yeah. You were changed the lines around a little bit. Did you see anything there that you liked, or? Uh, you know, we just. Connors played against Carts always in this building. We just tried to, and Ryan has played against Kopi, so just tried to switch it up a little bit with the wingers to see if that would get a little bit more juice out of those two lines. Uh, I thought the, putting Brownie with the two kids was was a good idea, and they looked good. Okay, yours. All right, Scott Johnson working in the Kings dressing room tonight. Some, uh, as usual, brief comments from Coach Daryl Sutter and perhaps the most uh, appropriate comment there about his team couldn't score. They have lost three of their last four games in those losses, two shutouts, and tonight they just get one. We have a lot more to come. You're going to hear from your captain, Connor McDavid, from Milan Lucic, who was brought in to help exactly in moments like this. Hey, the Oilers have clinched a playoff spot. 2-1 victory over the Kings. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre. Coming soon. This is the Rogers Post Game Show on the Oilers Radio Network. Radio Network. On the ice, no whistle. Dowdy back to get it for the Kings. Crowd on its feet. 50 seconds away from the postseason. Shoveled down to center. Here's Kopitar. Wrist shot off the rush and a save made on Brzezinski by Cam Talbot. The desperate Kings working around the end boards. Martinez. 35 seconds to go. Kopitar deep left corner. Crowd in an absolute frenzy. The puck pinned in the corner. Four players digging at it. Work free to Martinez. One timer up top kick save made by Talbot 20 seconds to go wrist shot save Talbot rebound top of the blue paint wrist shot Martinez save Talbot Kopitar bangs it off the back of the net 12 seconds wrist shot Martinez save made by Cam Talbot who freezes the puck with 11.9 to go 
Well, that's going to be played a lot. Jack Michaels with some brilliant play-by-play. -play. Cam Talbot with some brilliant goaltending. Our saves of the game for Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. Talbot winds up with 34 stops. It was a relatively quiet third period until about the last three minutes when the Kings obviously got desperate and were putting a lot on net. And I mean, look again, Rob, Cam Talbot, efficient. He's not flopping around. He's in the right place. He's swallowing up the puck, and he wins his 38th game of the season. Uh, he, very good. He was very, very good again tonight. And I know that I, I've been an Oilers fan for years, and I watched the Oilers in their heyday. And I've got the I've had the opportunity to meet Grant Fuhr a number of times, and and done a bunch of events for him. And many consider him one of the greatest goaltenders ever. And Cam Talbot is what two two wins away from tying a Grant Fuhr record. And, and it just shows you the kind of season that Cam Talbot's having and why the Oilers are where they are. You know, Connor McDavid is, is, is fantastic. And they've, they, they've got a young Leon Dreisaitl who's been very, very good this year. A lot of defensemen have come in and, and turned the way that this Oilers team plays around. But I cannot see the Oilers being in the position they're in right now if they didn't have Cam Talbot. 2-1 the final tonight. Oilers over the Kings. You can get Rob and me, 780-496-0063, and we'll welcome Lawrence to overtime open line. Hi, Lawrence. Hey, this is Lawrence. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, um, I'm thinking about uh, in 2012, I was a tourist in Montreal, and uh, it was November, and they had just won their first regular season game in I don't know how long their streak was. But... I was like, holy cow, you didn't win the cup. You didn't, don't go crazy. I grew up in Edmonton, born in 80. And so I, I kind of want to feel that same vibe going, you know, hey, let's just, you know, enjoy the, enjoy the thing and enjoy the stuff. But don't get too crazy about it. Well, I, I, I disagree. I think get excited. Why not get excited? This is fun. I mean, yeah, you're right, this isn't the Stanley Cup, but why not enjoy something good that's happened to an organization that nothing good has happened for, for a decade? L enjoy it. Wake up tomorrow with a smile on your face. Talk about the fact that, hey, I was at that game last night. Do you see the effort they put in? So uh, I, I, I know that the players are not celebrating with champagne toast, but let's enjoy the fact that this has been a very, very good season and hopefully the start of a number of very good seasons because this team is built around a bunch of young players that they're going to have for a long, long time. Oilers take down the Kings 2-1. We'll get another phone call in here before we hear from Connor McDavid, and we're going to welcome Michael to the show. Michael, thank you very much for calling. Hello? Hi, Michael. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? We're doing great. Um, just a couple of comments here. I went to a game in against New Jersey, and they started off pretty slow. Now, that's my one thing that I'm worried about is in the playoffs, do they have that? Should have they done anything at the deadline to that give them that extra oomph, or do they or do you believe that DeHarnay is their guy? Well, I mean, I think DeHarnay was acquired to fill a very specific role as the third line center because I think Shirelli and McClellan wanted an experienced player there as opposed to maybe putting that that role on Drake Kajula, who's been doing fine as a as more of a depth winger since that trade was made. I, I mean, I and Peter Shirley said it. I, I I don't think they were looking to acquire a high impact 
player at, at the deadline. I, I don't think he saw that as realistic. I don't think he wanted to give up the price that you might get for or you might have to pay for who even even Jerome McGinley. I don't think he saw that as uh, you know something that would that would fit right now. So, uh, I mean, have the Oilers uh, in terms of the Oilers starting the games? I, I think the first periods were probably more of an issue earlier in the season than they have been. Uh, they have been lately. I actually thought they started the game well tonight. LA responded. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that's 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 going to happen. It's going to go back and forth some nights. All right, let's go downstairs. Connor McDavid, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. You can never really know what it feels like until you're there. Locking it down, though, in a third period where you're, you're protecting a one-goal lead, and that's, you're going to have to do that in the playoffs. How do you like the way you guys handled that? Yeah, those are the types of games that, that we're going to have to win. Uh, you know, 2-1, kind of ugly hockey, lucky goals. Um, you know, that's kind of how uh, recipe of success in the playoffs. So um, I'm happy we could do that tonight. You looked like better draw. You thought yourself that was a lucky one. I scored too. Passing over Pat and just ricocheting off the skate. For sure lucky. Um, you know, uh, not arguing there. It's a lucky play. Second one bounced off a couple of bodies, finds his way in the net. Um, we'll take it though. Um, yeah. What was the explanation on the on the third goal? That was way off. Uh, yeah, just uh, no, they blew the whistle obviously, and, and when you blow the whistle, plays dead. You can't count it. Um, you know, he uh, you could tell he was kind of confused at, uh, at what might have happened. Um, you know, but once the whistle's blown, the play's dead, and um, that's it. That's that. What did you think of uh, the fans at the end tonight? And maybe you know the last decade just kind of uh, sticking behind this team to get to this point. It means a lot. Yeah, they've they've been through it all. They've been through uh, you know, probably one of the worst stretches of you know like you can imagine. So. Um, you know, it feels good, and, and we're happy for them. Um, we're happy we could do this for them, and you know, hopefully they uh, they support us. Connor, this is the kind of game this team wasn't able to win much last year, and just figured out how to win this year. Does it is it a sign that now this team's ready to play in the playoffs? Yeah, we we find ways to win games. Um, you know, we come back in games. We felt. Uh, you know, one goal leads. Um, we, we, we've figured out a way to win games, and that's the main thing. That's what it's all about, and uh, it's real positive. Well, Leon made a nice small little play to get the puck to you on your goal. How good have both those guys been at getting you that puck, just coming out of your own zone like that? They've been great along the wall. Um, you know, they're both big bodies, and, and uh, they do a lot of work on the wall, and uh, it definitely helps. Um, frees up a lot of space, creates a lot of chances. So, uh, you know, Leon did a great play there, and um, you know, Patty's done uh, a bunch of throughout. Quickly just talk about your guys' success within the division, and now, of course, you got first place right up there with these next two games. Why do you feel your team is being so successful after struggling for so long within the division this year? Uh, I think we're just coming ready to play. Um, you know, we know the games that, that we can expect. Um, you know, they're grinding type games, games where it's going to be 2 1, 3 2, 1 nothing, those kind of games. So, um, you know, we, we're prepared for that, and, and we play that kind of game. I think uh, maybe teams in the past have, have wanted to open it up, and um, you know, a team like LA, they only need one or two to win. So, um, your daddy talked a little bit about how he really gets excited playing against some of the best players in the game. Did you look at it the same way? You kind of joked to me about how last game he was yelling you in a fun way, like, screw off, you're too good tonight. Uh, yeah, I enjoy playing against all the top players. Um, you know, definitely uh, Drew is, is one of the top players in the league, obviously. So uh, it's a great challenge for myself to, to go head-to-head against him. And, um, well, I always, uh, I always enjoy that. You're not, you're not yelling on at him at the ice like he yells at you sometimes. <laughs> uh, we go back and forth sometimes, but uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, you know, he, he does a little bit more yapping out there than I do. There seemed to be a lot, a lot of whistles in the final seconds. Could you kind of feel just the anticipation of the crowd? 
For sure. Uh, you're looking up the clock. You want it to count down as fast as humanly possible. They, they had a bunch of chances, a flurry of chances there at the end uh, where they could have tied the game. So, um, you know, Tobbs was great. Our defense were great getting in lanes and uh, found a way to close it up. Hey, thanks, Connor. All right. Connor McDavid gets his 27th goal of the season tonight. Leon Dreisaitl had the assist. Both those men now riding eight game point streaks. Dreisaitl with 15 points over that time. McDavid with 14. Eric Griba from Nurse and Nugent Hopkins, the other goal for the Oilers this evening, and they beat the Los Angeles Kings 2-1. They have indeed punched their ticket to the playoffs. All right, 780-496-0063. We'll go to Brado on the line. Brado, thanks for calling. How you doing, boys? Great night. Absolutely. Oh, waiting for this a long, long time, 11 years. What an effort. I think the biggest thing you can attribute this to is just compete. And guys like Griba that scores a goal and gets him to do a fight and does what he has to do. That wasn't happening before, and I'm so proud of these guys, and what a huge, huge day. Yeah, no, it was uh, a well-deserved win, and it was a long time in coming for Oilers fans to be able to say that uh, I can start looking to buy some playoff tickets. But I, I still think that as much as it's exciting for the Oilers to be going to the playoffs and, and their win tonight got them in, I think you still got some regular season games. There are going to be a lot of fun to be a part of too as the Oilers try to move up in the standings you know with the LA or excuse me with San Jose now losing tonight to, to the Rangers the Oilers could possibly be you know in second by themselves tonight after the game and looking forward to you know they got the San Jose Sharks the Anaheim Ducks still coming up this is going to be a fun ride to the end of the season yeah just uh updating the scores here because the last time we talked about them they were still going on It's 4-3 right now. And did it end? No, no, they're still going. Oh, they're still going? I think going. there's about seven, eight minutes to go okay, in the game. Okay, sorry about that, Rob. The nope. TV's behind me, so I was relying on you and your uh, sign language. Uh, yeah, Rangers up 4-3 on the Sharks. The Ducks do win 4-1 over Anaheim. So Anaheim with 95 points, Edmonton with 93, the Sharks with 91 at the moment, the potential to get more, though they are losing. Well, what's funny, and you brought it up when we were listening to Connor talk, the San Jose Sharks at one point, two, three weeks, two weeks ago, we'd given them the division. We're like, okay, yeah. everyone else is playing for two, three, four. The San Jose Sharks, if they lose this game tonight against the Rangers, there's seven minutes to go in the game. They could be, uh, the Calgary Flames are, are coming. They, they could be the wild card team, the San Jose Sharks. And that is a huge uh, role reversal because that is not something that any of us would have imagined. But they're on the verge, if they don't win tonight, of their seventh straight loss. That is not a good way to, to finish a season. But uh, the Oilers, it just keeps getting uh, quirkier and quirkier who they play in the uh, could play in the first round as this is just bunching up closer and closer. But the Oilers do have a, le a legitimate chance to win their division. And they can control their destiny because they're playing teams that are in and around the lead and, and ahead of them. And that's why I think it's going to be so much fun in the, f the final remaining regular season games before the big fun starts. All right, we're going to finish the play with Brad O. You've already won an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. If you're right, you'll be entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Here we go. Nugent Hopkins. He in turn will move it to Darnell Nurse. Drag move to his right. Nurse cuts in front and tries to stuff it for Slepeshev. Broken up. Shot by Griba. All right. Shot deflected. 
Was the goal credited to Griba or Nugent Hopkins? Griba. Roll it, Brandon. Nugent Hopkins. He, in turn, will move it to Darnell Nurse. Drag move to his right. Nurse cuts in front and tries to stuff it for Slepeshev. Broken up. Shot by Griba. Deflected. Score! Eric Griba's long-range shot tipped as Nugent Hopkins crashing the crease hard, and Jonathan Quick has one get by him. It's 2-1 to one for the Oilers. Just a, a weird goal. Uh, I mean, Nurse went almost all the way around the world, dropped it off to Griba, and when it went in, i got to be honest with you, Rob, I had no idea who got it because Slepyshev was in front of the net. I didn't know if it ticked him. Nugent Hopkins hacked at it. I wasn't sure if he... Uh, if he touched it, but just one of those that, that had eyes went in the perfect slot. For well, it, it shows you put the pucks on net. It was going wide left. It hit a, a L.A. King, and then it was going wide right and hit another L.A. King and bounces past Jonathan Quick. Uh, Jonathan Quick, <laughs> two goals go in on him tonight, and neither were shots on net. And they both beat him. Those are the only two goals that beat him tonight. So uh, a big goal for, for Griba and the Edmonton Oilers to lead them to a big win. That counted. The only goals that counted. Uh, that's yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I know a caller brought it up. The the maroon goalie interference. I know people weren't happy about it. That was. I, I did think it was goalie interference because yeah. if you're standing in the crease and you, they can say you impeded the goalie. Well, even did. if you don't touch him. Well, you did because you saw that Quick tried moving his right foot and it got caught on the back of Maroon's foot and actually twisted Quick Quick completely sideways. The right call, absolutely right call. The second one. I didn't understand it. You and I are up here talking. I don't get it. Still don't get it. Well, they said that, well, the whistle went. I didn't. We couldn't hear the whistle up here, but the whistle did go before the puck went in the net, so it was the right call. It was just wrong that the whistle had gone. because well, L.A. was getting a penalty. I don't recall them touching the puck in, well, that's, the, in that's, the interim, right? So, no, yeah, that's, that's the... That, yeah, so they shouldn't have blown the whistle, but once the whistle's blown, there's nothing you can do, and it was the right call. They just they shouldn't have blown the whistle. And Cassian, another one, wiped out. <laughs> that's unbelievable. That, that's crazy. That, that how many... <laughs> Uh, we, Tom and I were talking, is it three or four? It's at least three. The goalie interference against Columbus, the offside against Winnipeg. I, I think it's four. I'm not positive. I think There's it one is. we're not remembering because yes. we seem to think that it's four. But that, that's crazy. You can't remember all the guys disallowed. You usually can't remember all his goals. You know, like, and of all but, players, too, you would think, uh, you know, like the Connor McDavid's or the Ovechkin's or all these guys that score lots of goals, there'd be more disallowed ones. But for a guy that doesn't score a whole lot, to have that many disallowed, strange. Uh, I'm sure, though, that when it's contract time, his agent's going to say, you know what, he did have he these did have four these. that they should have counted, <laughs> but they didn't. Uh, if those would have counted tonight, we would have been closer to the Japanese Village goal light. You get that whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. You can go to 630ched.com slash Oilers. Print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. The Oilers win it 2-1. Jim, Jeff, Mike, you're next in the batting order on the phone lines. The Oilers are playoff bound. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Coming soon. This is the Rogers Post Game Show on the Oilers Radio Network. Radio Network. Oilers line up for the faceoff. It'll be Mark Letestu against Andre Kopitar. 2-1 Edmonton. Letestu wins the faceoff. Banged off the window, but not out of the zone. Held in by the Kings. Thrust toward the net. Deflected away. Loose in the corner. Brzezinski centers off the pads of Talbot. Rebound wide. One second.
second to go. And one of the most storied franchises in the NHL is now 1.2 away. Jack Michaels with the call late in the third period. That final 1.2 seconds would tick off. The Oilers beat the Kings 2-1. They are finally back in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time since 2006. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 10:54 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, and we want to hear from you. 780-496-0063 is the phone number, and we have Jim standing by. Jim, great to hear from you. What's going on? Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time so much. I, uh, I was at the game, and I have to say, you say Edmonton Oilers, everyone thinks Connor McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Eberle. It doesn't matter. The point is it was Edmonton. It was a whole team environment there. As soon as Eberle got on the mic after the game, you could tell he was broken up. He was so ready and excited to talk, but the crowd drowned him out. It was just something else, that atmosphere. We are ready for playoff hockey here in Edmonton. I couldn't believe it. I am just – I am so – so proud to be born and raised in Edmonton, and this is just this is what I wanted to see for years. And the team has just embraced that environment. It's not a single player anymore, like some caller said earlier. Griva scored that game-winning goal, and it's just it's amazing to be a part of it. Well, and I, I you know I think Jim, I could just hear the the passion and excitement in your voice, and and that's the that's the cool thing about being a sports fan. The the fans last longer than the players. You know what I mean? And I, I know you say once an Oiler, always an Oiler, and, and Gretzky's been around the team, but but you form connections to different groups of players over the years. I mean, I I, I mean when we, when we have Warren Moon on 6:30, Chad, people still get excited. When we've had Wade Gretzky on, people still get excited, and the the team has still been beloved, Rob, even during uh, the playoff drought, and. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm happy for the fan. I'm happy for everybody like like Jim that invests time, energy. Some people a lot of money, quite frankly, to follow the team and support the team. And it's it's great that they're getting what you know you, you should happen more often than it has. You're right, and it, it it's funny, and I I believe that over the years that the mood of a city is reflected on how their sports team do, does the night before. And i being back here after retiring, coming, we've been here for about 13, 14 years now. When the Oilers win, it seems like everyone's a little happier at work. When the Eskimos win, everyone's got a big smile on their face and they talk about the game. And vice versa, when the teams don't win, all of a sudden everyone's starting the day a little bit grumpier. So it, it, it's, it is a fun time right now. And the, the, the cool thing about it, being an Oilers fan, this doesn't look like it's a one-off. You know what? This year the Oilers made the playoffs, but you know what? They got lucky to get in. It's it will, it's going to be a, a struggle again next year. This is a team that is young. It's built around a superstar who's just turned 20, uh, and, and he's surrounded by a bunch of other players who a are, are young like a dry settle, or b are veteran players that they've signed long term. So they've got a number of players here that are are, are not just one and done. They're here. This team is going to be the core is going to be here for a while. So I think that's what's so exciting. So now people can say, I was there the night that they made their first playoff for a decade or, or whatever it's going to be for the Edmonton Oilers. An exciting time to be an Oilers fan. Oilers also announcing that tickets for all four possible home games in the first round will go on sale Monday, April 10th at 10 in the morning. 
Uh, obviously, ticket availability expected to be extremely limited, and tickets are expected to go quickly. They'll be available through EdmontonOilers.com. So Monday, April 10th at 10, that's when you can try to get playoff tickets. It's 10:58. Oilers win 2-1. We have Jeff on the open line. Jeff, thank you so much for calling. Go ahead. Uh, is that me? Go ahead, Jeff. Okay. Um, yeah, thanks for uh, wanting me to come on here. Um, just a shout-out to uh, Jack Michaels. <clears throat> I don't think... Um, see, where do I start here? I didn't think that there'd ever be anybody that could uh, match Rod Phillips. I don't say he's better, but now, you know, I, I, I used to be driving up lonely roads doing uh, um, hot shot delivers to the oil patch, and I'd be listening to Rock and Rod Phillips. And there was a certain excitement in his voice that I swear to God, it sounded to me like he was just about ready to have a full-on coronary. Uh, and that's how excited Rod got. And it, it, I don't, it just gave you, it just transferred the excitement to you. You, you could picture the excitement happening on the ice. And for guys like me who can't afford to go to the games, that's important. Jack Michaels did that again tonight. Well, two things to you right there. First, uh, Jack is probably listening because he does listen to our post game quite often. We talk about it. Uh, and second, that is incredible praise for, for Jack, who, who's a good friend of ours. Uh, Rod Phillips is a legend. And to be compared to Rod Phillips, uh, good for Jack and good on you for bringing that up because that was a pretty exciting end of the game. And Jack is a true professional who has put his time in before making it to the National Hockey League. And I'm sure if he's not listening, although I'm sure he is, we will certainly pass that along to him. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. Thank you very much. Uh, kudos to Jack for sure. Great call, great game. The Oilers are in. They edge the Los Angeles Kings 2-1. Where are they going to finish now in the standings? Well, that story will be written. L.A., or pardon me, the Rangers and San Jose going to overtime 4-4. That'll affect the Oilers' standings, so we'll have that result for you as we continue. We're back after the 11 o'clock news. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre. Coming soon. This is the Rogers Post Game Show on the Oilers Radio Network. Radio Network. Final score: Rogers place, Edmonton Oilers two, Los Angeles Kings one. The Oilers' 42nd win of the season, first time since 1987-88 that they will win more than half their games in the season. They had won exactly half a couple of times. I'm talking about actual wins, not point percentage. And, of course, a chance here to uh, add to that total. The Rangers and San Jose in an entertaining overtime that has had Rob Brown giggling and... and <laughs> the Rangers had a ton of time. Well, the, there's the San Jose I once had two guys fall down, and the Rangers would have had a breakaway. He was by himself for... I think it was Zuccarello, wasn't it? Yeah, for 200 feet, and then he mumbled, muffled the pass, and he didn't get it, and then they've hit a crossbar, they've had a breakaway, but right now the San Jose Sharks are about to go on a power play with just over two minutes to go in OT. So at the moment, 
the Oilers are in second place in the Pacific Division. We'll see if they stay there because San, well, San Jose is getting at least a, a point. We'll see if they get two. All right, along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Great to have you along for the ride tonight. Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Brendan on the line. Hello, Brendan. Hello, Brendan. Oh, you there? Yeah, we got you, Brendan. Go ahead. Got to say, man, we got a big thanks out to Tom McClellan and, you know, big captain out there. It's a lot of excitement. I've pretty happy to go out to an Edmonton game and see a big win, see the boys playing with confidence. And the second and third line contribution is unbelievable. Big shout-out to Mark Letestu for going out there in the face-off and winning a few. I just think that's going to be carried the boys deep. Can't believe uh, how well they're doing. It's just the excitement. Breaking the curse, boys. Breaking the curse. Even if they don't go all the way to the cup, just getting these boys lit up and carrying them on in the second round, I think it's going to be infectious. I and mean, We're looking at a dynasty, I think. Well, that'd be great. you got to start with one, but uh, the face-off circle tonight, you mentioned that the Oilers were 53%. Leon Dreisaitl goes 6 for 7, and David Deharnay, a nice day. Uh, he goes 8 for 12 for 67%. And we should touch, well, I brought it up a little bit earlier. I, I, Deharnay's third period, I was like, is he, he has the chance in front on quick that goes through quick and trickles out the other side. He got that chance where he didn't quite get everything on it because the puck got deflected to him. And then he set up Benoit Pouliot, who had a great chance. So, you know, the caller, uh, you know, Brendan mentioned second and third line contributions as San Jose does win on a power play in overtime. So that'll put the Oilers in third in the Pacific Division because the Sharks have the uh, first tiebreaker against them. But still, it's going to be a great race down to the wire. But the uh, the contribution, I mean, that was the, that third line tonight. They they're not always on the score sheet, but they've had some pretty good energy. No, I think they've been very good. I, I I think that the fact that they got a Dayarne who's got offensive game. You know, you're not just putting a, a guy in the third line center role and and just hoping to stay even throughout the night. You're putting a guy that can create. Uh, Cassian, I believe, is the driver on that line. He just the energy he brings. I think it it picks up his line mates. And now you got a Pouliot who uh, had a, a horrible start to the season. And I think when he sat up in the stands with, with his injury, he realized, you know what? I want to be part of this. This is something special here right now, what's going on in Edmonton, and I don't want to be on the outside looking in. So he's come back and played his best hockey of the season in the last little while. But Dayarnay, with the puck on his stick, he understands the game, and he's very good. His, his biggest thing in Montreal is uh, the, when he's away from the puck. And if he can get the defensive side of it and, and fi find his way into the system and play the, on the right side defensively, he's going to be an effective hockey player down the stretch. And, yes, the third line is not a line that you're just putting out to waste time anymore. The third line is going out there, and it is keeping momentum going in the right ways and sometimes creating the momentum for the other lines to feed off of. All right, Oilers win 2-1. We'll also bring in Abby on the phone line. Hello, Abby. Thank you very much for calling. Oilers are finally in the playoffs after 10 years. I think the fans deserve it, the team deserves it, and can't tell, but most of all... He's been awesome. Well, Talbot's been incredible. Did, have you been watching a lot of games this season, Abby? Not really. Mostly I listen to him. I listen to your uh, show at the end of the game every night, every time they play. It's good stuff. 
Well, we appreciate that. Uh, just in terms of uh, tonight's game, I mean, what was it like? Tell me what it was like as a fan, Abby, just sitting through the third period, knowing that they were hanging on to that one goal lead. It was exciting. I was jumping up and down <laughs> waiting for them to win. At the start of the season, I told my friends they're going to be in the playoffs this year, and no one believed me. And well, it was fun to say I told you so. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's a that's a great prediction. What are, what were you? Uh, what what are your memories of the playoffs in 2006, Abby? My best memory memory is Dwayne Rollison and Cam Talbot reminds me a lot of him, very much. Right on. Well, hopefully that Cam Talbot can get his inner Dwayne Rollison out in a playoff run because that was as good as you can see goaltending. And hopefully Cam Talbot, what we've seen all season long, can continue that on through the playoffs. Very much. Right on, Abby. Thank you so much for calling. Great to hear from you. I hope you can call again after after a playoff game. That'd be cool to hear from Abby. All right, uh, we got Rob and Rocket on hold. We want to pop down to the King's dressing room one more time for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Here's Jeff Carter. Yeah, it's uh, kind of been the, the theme around here. Um, yeah, I mean, on that, that chance, he made a, he made a good save. I was uh, I thought I had some room low blocker. I think I just caught top of his pad. So. Um, we got to keep fighting. Um, no, I'm not sure what happened in the standings tonight, but uh, we'll keep fighting until the end. Seven games left, 11 points out. Mm -hmm. So the math isn't pretty. It was seven times two is 14. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. So we're going to fight. Yeah. The, the Oilers were really physical tonight. Uh, obviously, you've seen them recently, but what did you Um I didn't really think that, to be honest okay. with you. Okay. Uh, I thought it was more of a rush game than anything. Um, you know what? First goal, two on one, he goes to pass it and it goes top corner, you know? They probably couldn't shoot any better. And their second goal hits, I think, everybody on the ice and, and finds a way in. So, um, you know, we just couldn't uh, couldn't get that next one and uh, we'll keep going up. For a team that's won so much and been on top for so long, this just must be foreign ground for you guys to be fighting for your lives down the stretch yeah it's uh well yeah i guess so um not the situation we wanted to be in that's for sure uh you know you get into this time of the year you want to be locking up playoff spots and uh and getting ready for a big push so uh, a little different but uh like i said we'll uh we'll keep fighting and we'll we'll play right to the end when another team's celebrating a clinch at your expense does that twist the knife of it or do you not really care so much about that no we're just worried about getting wins right now Scott Johnson working the Kings dressing room. That is Jeff Carter. Obviously been a tough year for the Kings. They fall to 35-33-7. and seven. They will not finish ahead of the Edmonton Oilers. They uh, mathematically have a slight, extremely slight chance of... Uh, Making the postseason. I mean, they're 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 going to keep fighting. I mean, he said it. There's there's no doubt about that. Well, they have a coach who I'm sure when they played crazy eights at their kitchen table growing up, there was fists and blood and te <laughs> teeth being knocked out. Uh, they, yeah, the, their work ethic was there tonight for the LA Kings, and I I've watched them play a number of games on TV. Work ethic has not been an issue for the Kings all season long. Uh, details has not been a, an issue. It's the fact they can't score. And I don't know what they're going to do going forward because this isn't a new thing for the L.A. Kings. This is an L.A. King team that always tried to win 2-1. They just can't get to 2 anymore. So it's, there's probably going to be some changes in L.A. in the offseason. And 
the old guard is starting to fade off, and there's some new young teams in the in the Western Conference that are starting to strut their stuff, and two of those teams are in Alberta. All right, and the Kings will play uh, the Flames tomorrow night, and the Flames are in a situation where uh, where they can clinch, so it could all be... Well, the, the Flames actually have a pretty good um, schedule this week. They get both teams that the Oilers play on the second night. They're getting the back-to-back, -back, so they've got a chance to clinch tomorrow, and you're going to see two Alberta teams in the playoffs. San Jose is uh, going to be here on Thursday. We'll have that one for you, 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock puck drop here on 6.30. Chad, 780-496-0063 is the open line number, and we'll welcome Rob to the program. Hello, Rob. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing great. Right on. Hey, I just uh, I want to talk about the fans of, uh, in Edmonton, and not just Edmonton, because I'm from BC, and let me tell you guys, there's lots of Edmonton fans, not, not only in the Edmonton area. Uh, but before I do that, I just want just a quick little shout-out. A couple callers ago you had about Jack Michaels, and I just just wanted to re reiterate and say uh, he was completely bang on and uh, fabulous play-by-play uh, -play guy. And uh, he, it's not like he got drafted. I totally understand. Like, you got to move your way up to in, the, in that profession. Uh, and another shout-out also to you guys, because uh, I don't know how many, you know, <laughs> look how many years we – of the crap we've gone through and uh, of all the calls you guys had to take that were so negative and you know and rightly so in a lot of cases but uh you know <laughs> to put up with that for years and years uh just uh bang up job guys uh and just getting to the fans uh the big thing i wanted to say is unbelievable if and you guys think about this if another fan base and the entire nhl could go through what we did and fill that both arenas now um, the way we did. I mean, it was very few nights where there was some empty seats because it was damn near sold out, and we were at the bottom of the heap year after year. And I got to say, that's, that is saying something. I don't even know if the Montreal Canadiens, if they had gone through what we went through, with their fans would have filled our arenas, uh, you know, their arena as much as we did. And uh, anyway, that's all i got to say, and uh, just want to hear what you guys figure. No, I, I appreciate that, and thanks for listening to the show. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we touched on a little bit earlier. I mean, there's – being a sports fan, and, Rob, you and I are, are, are fans too, it, it's such a – I mean, there's not. I've always said there's nothing logical about being a sports fan mm -hmm. because you invest a lot of energy and passion and discussion in a, a team or teams or a player or whatever, and you you have virtually zero control over how they do, but you have a strong remote emotional reaction to to how they do. And uh, you know, we certainly you know we've heard a lot more positive uh, comments and and ri rightfully so. People are a lot more positive this season i mean look i'm i'm happy for the fans the, the my favorite part about this job is just talking sports and discussing sports with with fans and this is a highly passionate market and there was a lot of frustration but you know rob's right people never really stopped caring it might have been hard to watch and hard, hard to follow it sometimes and, and who knows what's going to happen down the road but I, i'm just happy everybody's enjoying tonight well, no doubt, and, and the, th the thing is, it, it, when you talk about sports teams and, and being fans of them, you, you get a, at a young age, you, for some reason you pick a team. It could be where you where you live, it could be who your mom and dad like, it could be you met somebody from a team and liked them, so now you're going to cheer for them. 
and then you stay with that team forever and you go through the ups and downs of franchises most franchises don't go through the negative uh decade that the Oilers had but all these people stayed and and there there was a lot of nights that i mean that you would we're shocked when you look down at how many people were still in the stands when the Oilers had lost 14 straight and they're playing minnesota on a tuesday night and it's snowing out and it's minus 30 but the people kept showing up and you give credit to those people to sticking with their team and there we we took a lot of phone calls that people weren't happy and the reason that we got the phone calls about unhappy people is because they were frustrated because this is their team they had passion for their team and you saw that passion tonight as this was a as i said it was a playoff atmosphere in here not just with the two teams playing but with the fans they wanted this night they were excited about this night, and they got the opportunity to let it all out at the end when the Oilers secured the victory. 2-1 is the final. McDavid and Griba scoring for Edmonton, and Jerome Ginla, who knows all about Oilers history, got the only goal for the Los Angeles Kings. And speaking of loyal fans, there's no doubt about this guy. We have Rocket on the open line. Rocket, I'm glad you called tonight, man. Hey, boys. How you doing? Doing very well. Yay, they did it! <laughs> They clinched. I could finally relax. I'm one of those uh, fans that uh, that uh, you're not in until you're in. So, but they're in. That's great. Um, I'm really excited about uh, for the fans that uh, have been been suffering. I myself have been suffering for the last ten years, but I've also seen the other side. I'm kind of old school, you know. I've been all all, all five cups, walking down Jasper Avenue and partying there, and and um, have a great respect for you guys as broadcasters. My uh, wife was in CKSA back in uh, just after '90, you know. So we we've uh, seen it, seen it. I worked for the Oilers for 11 years, from '99 to 2010. So you know, I was on the catwalk in 2006 suffering through the painful defeat of the last game but uh you know um it was uh it's going to be a nice uh new era for edmonton and for the fans and and for you guys and and everybody involved and i'm i couldn't be couldn't be more excited i thought uh tam cam talbot played a, an exceptional game in third period i um i figured the Oilers would need three but they only needed two and that was cam talbot just standing on his head and i hope uh you know you need that kind of goaltending to have success in the playoffs and i have no doubt at all that he's going to provide it and i just kind of wanted your thoughts on him and and uh what you think rexall place the new arena is going to be like for its first playoff game in terms of decibel level I think it's going to be crazy in here. I really do. I I was around in 06 when the Oilers had their run, and I was at Rexall at that time. And, it, I mean, it was insane. The city was insane. It was uh, it was a party for two months. And I imagine that's the way it's going to start here at Rogers. And, and the city is just waiting for that opportunity to explode again. And as for Talbot in the, in the playoffs, if you just look at the Pacific Division, um who, I mean, there's there some good teams. I mean, all the teams are very close. But is there a goaltender that you would say is better than Cam Talbot, is having a better season than Cam Talbot? I, I don't think so. I think right now in Anaheim, I mean, they're going back for it. Bernier's been playing. It was supposed to be Gibson's team. Bernier's been playing. Uh, Jones has been good in, in, in San Jose, but he's not been better than Talbot. And then in Calgary, I mean, they've gone through two goalies. They've been going back and forth. 
uh, they finally got uh, Elliot's Elliot playing, and he's playing better. But is he better than Talbot? So there's your Pacific Division. So I think going into the playoffs, the Oilers have an advantage in net. Uh, if in any of the teams in in the Pacific Division, he's had that good a season. 11-21, Talbot 34 saves tonight. Oilers win it 2-1. They're going to the playoffs. Let's go back to the dressing room. Here's one of the big additions from the last offseason, winger Milan Lucic. Well, it, it feels good. I mean, you're going to have some uh, adversity and, and uh, rough patches throughout the season, but I think us overcoming a lot of them, you know, not just, like you said, a couple weeks ago, just uh, overcoming, them, overcoming them throughout the whole season is was a sign that, you know, we were giving ourselves the best chance to, to be in this position at this time of year. And uh, obviously it's a great feeling to get a spot, clinch a spot here with six games left. Uh, a uh, huge first step for our uh, team and, and, and the organization. And, um, you know, it's great to see the fans, obviously, on fan appreciation night uh, to, uh, to to clinch a playoff spot. So, um, yeah, so, but there's still, still a lot of uh, uncertainties moving forward with who we're going to play and, and all that type of stuff. So I think the focus still has to be, like I talked about, couple weeks ago is is on our game and 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 what we need to do uh for our last i guess six rehearsals before uh the real game start here and uh lots to play for lots to look forward to and uh you know it's uh, no better feeling you played a team tonight that has has had a lot of success against this organization but in a game that this club never wins hard checking tight heavy hard hitting hockey right to the very end is it a sign of growth here that you guys play that game and you come up ahead yeah, for sure, and uh, just being able to stick with it, believe it. I think the main thing is, is uh, this is what separates this team and the teams in the past. You know, no, just as watching and, and playing against, uh, playing against them is, is our ability to to trust in the in the system, trust in the in, in the in the game plan, and, and and the belief in it, and. You know, that's, that's what I think has helped us come on top in, in these type of situations where, like you said, uh, you know, this team is, is normally uh, coming not coming out on top. So, uh, you know, they came hard. You know, you saw the way they came physically in the first period uh, to give themselves a chance to win, and, and we responded and didn't panic and, and stuck with it for a full 60 minutes and, uh, uh, you know, got ourselves a, a huge two points. Thanks. Read that's Milan Lucic. Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room. Milan Lucic happy that the Oilers are going to the postseason. If you're on hold, we are getting to you. Oilers win 2-1. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranis Team Broadcast Center. Coming soon. from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. They're hungry for a playoff spot that can be clinched tonight. Try subtle, beautiful one touch up the boards. McDavid walks in two on one, trying to center deflected home. Connor McDavid will get credit for the goal as it was tipped by the hastily retreating Derek Forbord. McDavid's 27th. This one will count. It's 1-0 Edmonton. And they would go on to win 2-1. McDavid trying to pass on a 2-on-1. Goes off Forbert and right into the top corner. Well, 
well, he's good enough. Maybe that's what he meant to do. And the Oilers have clinched a playoff spot. Who are they going to play? Well, we might not know that for uh, till the very last day of the regular season on April 9th. We'll see. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for joining us. It's 11:28. We're still going to hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who has played the uh, last half of the decade of darkness as an Edmonton Oiler. Now he's going to go to the postseason for the first time. We're happy to hear from you, of course, 780-496-0063. And we have Carson standing by. Hi, Carson. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? Doing hey, great. I just wanted to say that uh, like everybody is flying the oil colors. Uh, we're really excited to have the guys back in the playoffs. Uh, kind of, we're kind of hoping that, you know the the old boys club would have got shot and you know rode in the sunset a little early. And uh, we're happy, you know Alberta, Saskatchewan. We're all rooting for the Oilers. So go Oilers, go! Thanks, boys. Right on. We appreciate it, Carson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling tonight. We're also going to bring Sava in on overtime open line. Hi, Sava. Good to hear from you, man. Oh, yeah. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Um, happy day. Happy days. Uh, first, I would like to express my um, uh, a little upset still with the NHL and how they uh, block me out of uh, regional broadcasts of, of L.A. and uh, NIM games while I live here in San Diego. It really sucks that I have to go to a bar and watch the game. Well, it didn't um, suck that it, bad. It didn't suck that bad. <laughs> no, it didn't. But it, it, I did have the advantage, though, that I was. Uh, um, I wasn't as excited for this game. Like we knew, where I knew they were get, getting into the playoffs, and you know, this was just like the little stepping stone. But it wasn't until I was watching the game at the bar and I saw the whole audience, or like all the fans in the stands standing and clapping, that I turned on the radio broadcast. And I got shivers down my spine the same way during the 06 run when, uh, I don't know, just like that whole experience. And I think uh, when the fans started, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when the fans started uh, singing Oh Canada, I got the same shivers down my spine tonight like I did back then. And it's awesome. I don't know. It's just, it brings me back. Like, I knew we were going to get the playoffs, but actually seeing it and seeing all the fans and the excitement and radio broadcast, it was awesome. Well, that's great. I mean, hopefully this is just the beginning. And, and I mean, hopefully this was an exciting night. And as I've been saying the lead up to this, we knew they were going to get in, but you still want to formally do it and get that little X next to uh, your name in the, in the standings. But I hope as, as we move along here that clinching a playoff spot becomes almost routine. Yeah, I mean, where it's just where it's just part of the expectation. It, it is a, it, it, I mean, it's always there's always significance to it because you, it's step one to try to get to where you want to go. Um, but I hope that there are many more moments that that give people chills. And but I also hope that they're now in in April and May, and that there are a lot of days like this in March where it's like, okay, yeah, we checked that box. That's cool. We did that yeah. again. We hope that we become like the Penguins, like the Blackhawks. Uh, like well, uh, the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, teams like that that have been consistent year after year after year, and they and they don't go into the season thinking, all right, let's get to the playoffs. They go into the season with one goal, and that's to win a Stanley Cup. And I think that it, it starts with baby steps, and the Oilers hit baby steps today by making the playoffs. And I agree. I hope that this eventually is something that it becomes something we expect at the beginning of the season, not something we hope for. Oilers now forty-two, twenty-five, and nine. 
on the season. And yeah, just updating the Pacific Division. Anaheim, 95 points. San Jose and Edmonton both with 93. The Sharks do have the tiebreaker. So the Oilers are in third with six games to go. Michael is our next caller. Michael, thanks a lot for calling. Yeah, um, I'd like to see a rivalry uh, Calgary-Edmonton. Is that possible? Oh, it, it's possible. I think right now, just about anything's possible the way they're so closely cropped in in, in the standings right now. So uh, that's the one I would love to see in the first round. I'd love to see it in the second round either. I'd, I want to see <laughs> Calgary play Edmonton. I think this city will go nuts. Calgary will go nuts. You'll have fans going back and forth between the cities to see the games in different, in back and forth in Calgary and Edmonton. Uh, I, I do hope that happens, and it's a strong possibility, but I don't. I agree with Reed. I think it's probably going to go down to the last game of the season to dictate where the, what the seeding is for the playoffs. If Calgary beats L.A. tomorrow, they would remain in a wild-card spot. They'd be a point behind San Jose and Edmonton. The Sharks and Oilers have a game in hand, but they would play each other on, on Thursday. So, I mean... It, a lot can change. Right now, Calgary's in a wild card, so Edmonton would have to win the Pacific Division for that to be a matchup in the first round. Now, again, in four days, we could have a totally uh, different combination for sure. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Todd up next on the open line. Todd, good to hear from you. Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, I tell you what, a special night, I think, for our, uh, all the fans uh, throughout Alberta and Saskatchewan and all those older fans. And I just want to mention, I tell you what, uh, you look at the movements that they made in the first couple of years and moving 12 players, you know, while keeping the heart of the team. And I meant, you know, I want to like, throw out, uh, you got Hopkins, you got Everly. That's a lot of brass for them to move those players. And, uh, and they kept the heart of the team. I mean, they knew something that we didn't. And, uh, you know, granted you got McDavid, but I tell you, they put a good team, a good playoff team together. And uh, it's just really, really impressive to watch. And they took a lot of risks by trading a lot of guys out of the system. But it kind of paid off in the end, and we see it now, right? So I think there's a lot of fans out there going, what the heck are we doing? Why are we trading? And now they understand it. So I just wanted to mention, you know, uh, uh, that brass of that organization, I mean, you have to give them hats off for what they've done in the movements. I mean, from the defensemen, from Larson, you know, strong right candid defenseman makes all the difference in the world bringing in those hard players playing hard against the boards i mean they're they're a good playoff contending team well i I think you make a good point about the the changes and we were talking about it on the face-off show peter shirelli uh, sorry let me start that sentence over 11 players in the lineup tonight were signed or traded for by peter shirelli and that doesn't include Matthew Bending, who didn't play tonight, and he's played two-thirds of the games this season. And that doesn't include drafting Connor McDavid. So if you look at a 23-man roster, you got 13 out of 23 that were acquired by Shirelli. Now, I think it was a pretty safe bet to say that any general manager would have drafted Peter Shirelli. But, I mean, Rob, you and I talked two years ago. People said, how far are they from being a playoff team? And was it, was there, was it three years ago? I mean, when it was at the worst, we said probably at least 10 maybe as many as 14 players. I think that was two years ago. Had, yep. to, be, had to be changed. Mm-hmm. And then last year we thought, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's down to six or seven. Maroon, Lucic, Deharnay, Cassian, Kajula, Latestu, Sekera, Russell, Larson, Griba, Talbot, Benning, I'm not gonna, are the guys who have been signed or traded for. 
by Peter Shirelli, who have all had an impact in their own way. No, well, he, he came in with a plan. I think that's the biggest thing. There was a plan put in place. Here's where I want to get to, and here's what I have to go get to get there. So let's get started on that plan. And he talked about the fact that it's not going to be overnight. You know, it's the players that we need and want aren't going to be available right away, but we got to uh, go out there and, and, and stick with it. it, it there's going to be times you're going to be wishing for someone else, but that's not what our team needs. This is what our team needs, and sometimes we're going to trade away a player that is quite popular and quite good. But for us to get to where we need to be, we need different styles of players. So he had a plan in place. He's gone out and uh, executed the things that he needed to do. And even he says this isn't this is unfinished. This is not the team that uh, is the, the, the Stanley Cup contending team. He, he said that they've surpassed what he thought they could do. Now, having said that, well, maybe some of the players he wasn't sold on, maybe sold a little bit more on them now because of the season they've had. But I, I, I think the biggest thing that let him and let the Oilers find success is they put a plan together and they stuck with that plan. And now you're starting to see the, the results of going and getting the players that he wanted to get. Yeah, and the game tonight, and there have been other ones like that, like it this season, you know the, the ability to win a to win a two one game. It's it, it, you know we we've had seasons where the Oilers have won thirty one games, twenty four games. You got to be able to win a variety of ways. You, you know you don't just win a high, you, you can't just win five three all the time or or, or seven four. And the third period tonight was the Oilers' best period. I mean mm -hmm. certainly L A got shots at the end. Of course they're going to win the goalies out. The end of the road trip in February, they went into St Louis, a team that just beat them for fun most of the last six or seven years. They got a goal early in the second period. Early in the second period to go up 2-1. That was it. Won the game 2-1. And that bodes well for the playoffs because as we've often said, Rob, a lot of fans say they wish there were more goals in the NHL. Well, I got bad news for you. The scores ain't going up in the playoffs, so you better get used to it being 2-1. Uh, well, and, it, and it's not just being noticed by you and I up in the stands or up in the press box or, or, or the fans watching. I mean, when Drew Doughty, who to me is, is is as good as it gets when it comes to a National Hockey League defenseman, comes out and says, you know what, the difference between this team now and before is their skilled players play in both ends of the rink. Uh, and that that to me is what I've seen in with this team now is they, they're not cheating anymore. They There's a commitment to defense. There's a commitment to details. There's a commitment to being uh, in the right place in your own zone. And it's, it, it's, it was never hard to do uh, as, as opposed to knowing it. It was hard to do because it was hard work. And sometimes your stats don't look as good at the end of the season as they would have if you played a different style of hockey. But your stats, personal stats may have been better, but your team stats weren't. And that's where you look at players in the, in the league, the Datsuits, the Zetterbergs, who have been great players for years, always could have had more points, always could have had better personal stats, but they were complete hockey players. And you're starting to see more and more of the Edmonton Oilers become complete hockey players. They win a 2-1 tonight. They wrap up a playoff spot, 780-496-0063. We'll say good evening to Rod. Rod, thanks for staying up and giving us a call. Go ahead. Yeah, no worries. Hey, I was just kind of curious. Given that uh, Lucic has some more uh, playoff experience, do you think his role changes as he go as the team goes deeper into the playoffs, or how do you think that pans out? In, in what way do you are you asking? Mostly, it seems like he's committed to the system. Do you think they give him a little bit more responsibility to take on a leadership role within the team? 
Well, I, as I, they go into playoffs. I, I think in that dressing room, Connor McDavid's your captain, but I think Milan Lucic would be right beside him as the as the biggest leader in that dressing room. I, I think that Connor McDavid, a number of times this year, has talked about the the what he has learned from from Lucic and and how it's. Uh, it been important for for Connor's development as a, a leader, having Milan Lucic around him in the dressing room. I think he, the importance of a Milan Lucic in one goal hockey games when it gets a little uh, nastier in the playoffs, when the grinding comes in. I think that's where you're going to see uh, the benefits of having a Lucic, having uh, the Cassians, having the Maroons, big players that uh, have played in playoffs before and big players that can play a grinding game when all of a sudden the whistles get put away at playoff time. Checking the advantage trailer rental scoreboard here just to wrap up the evening. The Sharks beat the Rangers 5-4 in overtime. Jets over the Devils 4-3 in a shootout. Taylor Hall scored his 19th in that game for New Jersey. Boston over Nashville 4-1. Flyers in a shootout 3-2 against the Senators. Carolina wins on home ice 4-1 over Detroit. The Blue Jackets beat Buffalo 3-1. Cam Atkinson is 34th of the season. He's That's having a great year. I've, I've always liked him as a hockey player. I didn't think he could reach that kind of potential. Good for him. Great year for Columbus. The uh, Toronto Maple Leafs get a big win, 3-2 over Florida. The Canadians win 4-1 against Dallas. In overtime, Washington beating a struggling Minnesota team, 5-4. TJ Oshie got the winner. Ducks 4, Canucks 1. That was, uh, especially early on, dominated by Anaheim. And uh, right here in Edmonton, the Oilers beat the Kings 2-1. All right, back to the phones we go. L, thank you so much for calling. Go ahead. Hi, I'm just calling out from the wet coast here and always an Oiler fan and I've been in Alberta before, but, uh, you know, just listening to the game tonight, the way it was called and, you know, I appreciate your guys, all of your work and, and that, but, uh, it reminded me of 206 being in the stands in Edmonton and, and the run and the way the fans go and you feel that chill even sitting here listening on the radio and thank God that you guys put it on for us. Uh, otherwise we don't get much out here, but, um, Really appreciate the work everybody's done in the organization, and I think uh, really got to give kudos to the coaches. Um, they kind of maybe haven't been talked about a lot tonight, but uh, he's a very, very sound coach, and he's got a good supporting cast, and I think it's going to take us a long way. Well, and, I... and one thing, just one thing to mention here as well, you know, for fans, I know we're all excited, but at the same time, they didn't expect to be there this year. I think if we go back to early on, they said definitely they weren't looking at this year. And I think that just speaks volumes about how the team's bought in and, and are playing. Well, I think, yeah, Shirelli and McClellan were always, uh, have been, and they and they probably will be every year, you know, careful with, with expectations and never put any numbers on it or, you know, win total or, or, or anything like that. And, I mean, I, I've said all along, even before, McClellan was hired when there were just rumors that he might come here that I, I've always thought he's an excellent coach and one of the best in the uh, NHL and I have the I have the privilege of watching the, the practices for the for this is my fourth season and you certainly see a lot of details being worked on you see a lot of energy you know you see a good pace to the practices and it you know Rob it's it doesn't always sink in overnight. Sometimes players adapt or learn at a different rate, but I, I clearly think the coaching is paying off. Oh, it certainly is. And it's funny, I, you and I took a lot of phone calls at times last year questioning, you know, if Todd McCollin was the right one. Should it have been Todd Nelson? Is he the better coach? And we kept saying that the track record of Todd McClellan 
and the buy-in from the players shows you that this is the guy that needs to have the job here. And he, this team is completely bought in this year. And all you have to do is watch them play. Go go watch a, a game that the Oilers played. Get somehow on DVD or something. Get one they watched from the beginning of last year, from the year before, from the year before that, and then watch how they play now. It is a completely different hockey club because of their commitment to playing defense that was never there before. Jordan Eberle talked about it tonight, that he and Nuge had to buy in to playing and being different type of hockey players. And they have bought in, and now all of a sudden this Oilers team is going to the playoffs for the first time in 11 years. Uh, Todd McCullum's got this team playing the way he wanted them to play, and I hope with his experience that he has, it'll continue on with and through the playoffs as he's a man that's been to the playoffs. He's a man that's won uh, world championships. He's been to the Stanley Cup finals and, and won it with the Detroit Red Wings. So there's ex some experience on the coaching staff, more so than they have in the dressing room with a bunch of their players. He hasn't used the terms as much this year, but last year when he was asked about identity, Todd often said fast, hard, and supportive. Mm -hmm. And we've seen those things. And I even go back to the last game on Saturday against Colorado, and it's actually an offensive play. That Kajula pass to Dreisaitl. I mean, to me, Rob, that just looked like a confident play. Kajula, a rookie, got the puck, already knew what he was going to do. And that wasn't a, well, I guess maybe I can get the pass there. That was, like, I went and watched, back, watched that back on the view. He ripped that pass across the ice. And with Leon, there was no, well, maybe I could one-time it. Should I stop it? I mean, that was, and I mean, I think that's what Todd has built that into. As much as absolutely the, the defensive part should be recognized, I think on the attack, too, and the way the, the, the defense come in, there's a, there's a attitude of, okay, here's an opening. We got to use this. You know, the, we can't waste this chance. This could be the one that decides the game. And I, I, I just thought on that Kajula to dry side of play, that kind of summed up a bit of an offensive mentality as well. Well, what you're seeing with this team, too, is, is the belief and the confidence in each other. And it, it's not something that, all you know, in the last little while they're winning, they're in a playoff race, they all of a sudden gain confidence. This team, right from training camp, believed that they were good. They believed that they were a playoff caliber hockey club and they believed in themselves and their teammates. And that right there goes a long way for being a su successful hockey team. And uh, that is instilled by each other, but it's instilled by the coaching staff. He, held, he holds them accountable, and that's a huge thing. Not all coaches hold players accountable because there's sometimes players that are uh, contracts or who they are, they get a little more leeway. But Tom McClellan's right from the beginning. We Taylor Hall's been benched. Jordan Eberle's been benched. And this year, a, a veteran in Benoit Pouliot sitting in the stands. So when you have a coach that holds everyone accountable and you're on the bench saying, well, I mean, if he's benching that guy, well, I better make sure I do my job. And it's just gone through. And I like his demeanor. He's not a guy that is, is yelling and screaming and then going off on the players after the game. You just enjoyed listening to him. Because he's been there, he has confidence in himself and his coaching staff, but mostly he's got confidence in his players. The Oilers are in. They beat the Kings 2-1 tonight. We have Jack standing by on the phone line. Jack, thank you very much for calling. Hey, the uh, the drive back to Calgary is uh, one of the best ones I've ever had. I'm an original season ticket holder, and uh, right from the get-go, and it's like you said earlier, you know, once you have your team, you have your team, but boy, uh, living in Calgary for the last 20 years and just driving, buying many packs and driving up to the games as I do now, took a lot of uh, jibes over the last few years and a lot of uh, biting in my lip, And uh, but, but hung in. And if we're doing shutouts, and I can compare because I've been in Calgary for so long, 
you know, you got to shout out to uh, Daryl Cates because uh, as an owner, he's done everything top drawer. Uh, you have a mayor uh, that uh, submit that uh, believed in it, and you know Calgary's really struggling with their situation now because uh, they don't have either, uh, really. Um, and um, and then when it comes to the game, you know, we remember seeing Gretzky do things on a nightly basis that would be the worth the price of admission alone, and we see that with McDavid as well. But you also have a 20-year-old kid is a captain that's always had a 200-foot game. And I think, you know, when Everly and uh, Nuge buy into this sort of thing, I mean, they're looking at the most skilled kid on the planet playing a 200-foot game. And, um, you know, so you've got to get in line with that sort of thing. Anyways, in the final comment I was going to just say is uh, you guys do do a great job. I uh, listen to uh, 960 sometimes down in Calgary because that's the only sports station to listen to down there, and uh, I sometimes wonder why they're still on the air, to be honest with you. But you guys do top drawer, okay. and uh, Thank thanks for that. Much. You get you get your fans engaged so much more. You get really good guests all the time. I mean, I go back to John Short, who I think was one of the best of all time, but a uh, humble guy that used to get guests, and Stoffer and the rest of you, the whole crew, you guys get lots of guests and knowledgeable ones it's it's not about you it's about uh, uh it's about the game and and uh thank you for that well thank you for calling and for saying that i totally agree with you about uh john short absolutely uh the best in the business bro what were you gonna uh get to there did you forget already i did it's getting it's, late it's no it's that concussion thing again it just gets me you got it you got to come to me right away if i have to think for five or six <laughs> seconds i'm completely done uh, just quickly on on McDavid, I'm just going to read a quote I got from uh, Matt Hendricks yesterday. This is from Hendricks. I give Connor a ton of credit for his leadership at such a young age. He's an easy player to follow, an easy teammate to follow. He's such a tremendous player on the ice. When he voices his opinion amongst his peers in the room, he has great things to say. He's a team-first guy. He preaches what the coaches preach. He gets everyone on the same page. We have this young all-star of a player, but he's focused on the team game and getting us better. And, you know, we touched on that on the pregame show. That's, you know, McDavid is very conscious of making everybody feel included. And in terms of his 200-foot game, I mean, he's incredibly talented. He's incredibly fast. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't just sit there and say, okay, well, if I hang out near the blue line, somebody will pass me the puck and I'll skate away. He back-checks himself and tries to get it, and then and then he can turn the puck up ice and make something happen. It, it, it's what sets the great ones uh, apart. It, it's why Sidney Crosby's so great and was a leader at a young age, too, because he played the full game. He played both ends of the rink. His, he, he, if there was a puck at center, he battled just as hard for the puck against the boards as he would in front of the net, and Connor McDavid's the same way. His battle level, it doesn't matter if the game is 6-1 for the Oilers or 6-1 against the Oilers. It doesn't matter if it's a face-off with three seconds to go in a period that means nothing. He battles every time. And if your best player, and possibly the best player in the world, is doing that on a consistent basis, well, it's really hard for a guy sitting on the bench to go out there and give you a, a half-ass shift. He just can't. Because, well, well, Connor McDavid is the best in the world, and he just blocked that shot, or he just back-checked 200 feet to make sure he lifted that guy's stick. And here I am standing on the wrong side of my guy, hoping that I can get a breakaway, or hoping I can get a scoring chance. So when your best player does it, and that's the successful teams, their best players do the little things, and then all the other players follow along. All right. One more phone call here. We have Darcy standing by. Hi, Darcy. Guys, how's it going? Doing great. Awesome. Hey, uh... Just want to say, um, you know, it's exciting to see the team back in the playoffs. 
I'm I'm most excited for the younger fans. Like there's an entire generation of of Oiler fans, not just Edmontonians, but Oiler fans everywhere across Canada, America, wherever, that have never ever experienced what's about to happen as being a fan that you've got you got skin in the game now. You're cheering for your team, and I'm just excited for those guys because you know that's that's what you remember you know like yeah the regular season is good and you might remember things from here and there but man there's nothing like cheering for your team in the playoffs it is phenomenal um also i just want to say you know what jack michaels like wow like seriously like the guy was phenomenal tonight uh i i I usually watch the game but i've been working in la the last couple of weeks so i've been listening more and i'm just blown away at the, the talent level of him and uh and he's he's made me a much bigger fan of 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 listening to the game rather than always watching it on TV. And, and I just, again, man, like, that guy is phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, I just want to say I hope Connor McDavid ends up winning the, the scoring title. That would be a cherry on top to go with the division title. Well, he might. I'll pass that on to Jack for sure. We do appreciate that. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl both with eight-game point streaks. I don't know if I, I said this on air, uh, Rob. This is the third time this season where the Oilers have had an eight-game stretch with seven wins. They started the year 7-1. and one. In January, they had a stretch where they went 7-0-1, oh, and, and now they're 7-1 and one in their last eight. Their longest losing streak, uh, five. So that kind of tells you something right there. The uh, final word tonight in terms of interviews, one of the Oilers' alternate captains. Here's Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. Well, Ryan, that's still a lot that, that needs to be accomplished here. I'm sure that's the goal for you guys. What does it mean to you to be finally going to the playoffs here and make it official? Yeah, definitely. It's a, a special feeling tonight. I mean, uh, like you said, I mean, a lot more work to be done, but um, this is a, a big first step for us, and uh, we got the job done tonight, so it's uh, exciting. It was a good atmosphere out there and a good atmosphere on the bench. Are you able to just look back and like think about what it means to you to finally finally get there? Yeah, it hasn't always uh, been the easiest years, but I mean, uh, at this point right now, you kind of forget about it, and uh, uh, those those years don't really matter come uh, come tonight. Uh, just the way you guys were able to handle this game mentally, Ryan, how would you describe it? Because I mean, I know you probably didn't want to say there was a lot of pressure going into this, but I'm sure there was a lot. Well, there, I mean, there was pressure, but I mean, at the same time, we know that we had. Um, it wasn't kind of do or die tonight. I mean, we still uh, played a pretty calm game. I mean, Taub's obviously kicked uh, uh, really well, and um, we, I mean, we didn't get too many shots. But I mean, we know that this team uh, they're good at the holding you, holding you uh, away from the net. So I mean, we did a good job of capitalizing when we could. Came in late, but what is it? How does it feel to you personally to kind of get the get the class? Yeah, it's uh, it's a special feeling today. I mean. Uh, Especially seeing how uh, passionate the crowd was and um, how excited they were, and uh, I mean, not too many of us in here have kind of been through it since uh, for that long. But um, obviously, I mean, some tough years, but it's uh, all worth it right now. Read that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Brendan Ulrich, the Nuge tonight plays 17:45, gets a shot on goal. Took a lot of face-offs. He goes 8 for 17 for 47%. The Oilers as a team, 53% in the circle. Well, Rob, they did it. A lot of positive calls tonight. A lot of people looking forward to the uh, final six games of the regular season and then whoever they get in the playoffs. But uh, as, as I said off the top of the show, for now, take a deep breath and smile as you go to bed this evening. Well, no, you're going to feel good tomorrow morning getting up and, and, and being able to talk about playoffs, not worried about jinxing the team. 
Yeah, I know that a lot of people before didn't want to say it just in case they jinxed the team and all of a sudden the 10-game the losing streak started. So don't feel good about it. And, and as much as you got excitement that six games from now the Oilers are going to start the playoffs, there's some pretty cool matchups between now and then to decide where the Oilers will finish in the final standings. And that starts with a couple big ones between the San Jose Sharks and the Anaheim Duck coming, coming down here. So uh, the Oilers can control their destiny. And a couple big wins here in the next couple of games could certainly put them towards winning a division title. So San Jose is the next opponent. And, of course, our next broadcast will have the face-off show at 5.30 Thursday afternoon. The play-by-play -play will start at 7. Get a whole bunch more on tonight's game and the Oilers in general on 630Ched.com. Also follow Ched on Twitter, and uh, you can sign up for our Facebook page as well. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. I also want to say thanks to Brandon Graziano. He's our studio producer back at 630Ched and our engineer here at Rob Rogers Place is Troy Bowler. My name is Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranish Team Broadcast Center. Shine some light. The decade of darkness is over. The Oilers are in the playoffs. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.